Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Oh, good day, Stevie. What and what a day it is. What ho? What ho in the neighborhood? What ho in the neighborhood? Well, the penultimate episode ever of Star Trek Picard <laughs> is what ho. I know. Shock. And it was one hell of an episode. It was. How are they going to wrap that up in just one no episode? Idea. Yeah, it was, they really made a mess. A little bit, yeah. I mean, like, I've been wondering where it's going, and now we know where it's going, but it doesn't have long to get there. A lot has been explained, but there's still a few questions left on the table. Nonetheless, welcome into the program, dear listeners. You are listening to Set Phasers, uh, a highly illogical duh, Star Trek podcast, podcast, even. And today's Stardate is Stardate 2390416.2, and we're discussing Picard Season 3, Episode 9, entitled Vox. 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 Which is explained in this. It's a, it's a, what's one heck of an episode? So much happens. But before we get into how great this episode was, we gotta handle a little business. Are you a super duper Trooper Star Trek fan, Excuse do me? you, I don't know, do you want more Star Trek in your life that you haven't had enough of your fill watching the episodes? You need more. You need you need to talk with your people. You need to commune with your people. Well, you can do all of that and more on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash set phasers. We will have behind the scenes uh, meet and greets with us. You can watch Star Trek with us. You can chat with us. Aki might even cook something. And you I might. Yes, you might. And I might even uh, create a cocktail or two in the theme of some sort of Star Trek. Anyway, if you can if you want to join us, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash set phasers for the measly sum to start with of two dollars a month. Uh, mm. but do go and join us there at patreon.com forward slash set phasers. All I can think about after you said You'll make a cocktail or two was Fagan from Oliver singing. <laughs> You've got to make a cocktail or two, boys. You've got to make a cocktail or two. So that's where my head went. Um, <laughs> got to make a cocktail or two. Two. That's yeah. pretty good. Um, maybe that's the theme song for when you're making cocktails. Uh, well, let's run down this episode. Let's run down Vox. It's time to run it down. Can you run it? Star Trek Picard. Star Trek Picard. Um, yes. Okay. Well, hey, last episode, we finally took care of Vatic and the Shrike, and Troy was on the ship, and we're, we're going to deal with whatever weird demons mental thing is going on inside of Jack's head they sit down together they begin 
what I can only describe as a bedazoid mind meld where uh, Troy and Jack enter Jack's subconscious and there's a door, a red door that he wishes to know what is behind, but also wishes not to know what is behind. And they have a bit of a talk there and the, 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 hallway to the doors got the red door and these vine webs these these vein e-webs everything being connected and jack is remembering a time that he was i think crimson arboretum on raritan 4 with his mom and he loves how the flowers they seem separate but they're all connected together and anyway troy's like okay well that's cool should we see what's behind the door she opens the door she looks she immediately breaks the connection runs out of the room jack wondering what the hell is going on she goes to find Picard and uh, Beverly Crusher, and they say, what did you see in his mind? And we get a flashback of what she did see as she opened the door there, floating in space, a Borg cube. A Borg cube? Say what? Oops, the Borg are back. Ugh. Borg are back in town. <laughs> <clears throat> It's early. Please do this that my, again. My morning voice. I'm sorry. Uh, <clears throat> Borg, I'm back in town. I just like that because now I know that you're human. <laughs> Listen, you're not just this I, I, awesome I, some, singer singing, all of the time. You need to warm yeah. up. You need things. You can't listen. You can't always throw out some high rock vocals, uh, especially if you're the first person. This is the first time you've spoken all day. Uh, so. Picard and Crusher are confused because Jack has no nanoprobes. How could he be connected to the Borg? But then they realize, or Crusher, really, realizes as the doctor, Picard never had Eremotic Syndrome. These were Borg devices that are biological devices that were left in his mind after he was Locutus of Borg, and he somehow passed them on genetically, genetically, to his son, Denis. I don't know why you felt the need to do that with a British accent. I don't know that it was a British accent. <laughs> I'm not sure it was it effectively was. It was a British accent. It was an attempt, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I decided to say genetically like that. Because you've still got Fagin in your mind. Because I've still got Fagin in my mind, and I? Yeah, you got to pick a cocktail or two. Um, so, uh, they want to deal with this, but also there are protocols to be followed because... What's more dangerous than the changelings? <laughs> the Borg. And uh, Jack has been able to enter other people's minds, as we saw earlier, uh, sort of creating a weird personal sort of uh, micro collective around him to other humans who also have never been assimilated and who have no genetic connector to um, Jean-Luc Picard slash Locutus. So, Jack was the weapon the Vatic was looking for, and this might be a vast conspiracy between the Changelings and the Borg. Picard goes to talk to Jack. Jack's pretty upset about it. He explains the whole thing, and he's like, hey, man, we're going to go take you to this Vulcan um, science center, and you just, just chill there, and maybe we'll figure out what's going on with you, bro. And Jack's like, it's not a science center. That is an institution. You're not keeping me here. He tries to leave, but there is security outside of his door with phase rifles. Well, they forgot that Jack can do what Jack can do. So he takes over those security people and he makes a quick getaway. Uh, there's a bit of a father and son tiff there, which is one of my favorite quotable moments. Uh, he 
rushes past his mother, says he's going to figure out what's going on. He's going to go home. He's going to go trade himself for answers from the Borg Queen. And then if she tries to take over him, he's going to show her what's what. And he gets into a shuttle and he accesses his subconscious and he knows where he has to go. He lays in a course. He jams a transponder and he is off. Beverly, meanwhile, upset, takes off to try to find some solution she can while Jack is gone. Maybe some sort of medical solution to this situation. Uh, Picard is distraught at the loss of his son. Uh, and Data comes and gives him some comfort. But then Jordy calls Picard down to sickbay because there's more to learn about Jack. Meanwhile, Jack arrives somewhere near a transwarp conduit. And what does he see rising out of the nebulous clouds in space? But a Borg cube. You know, the thing is, I can't sing right now, but I can make this voice, which will only last for like another hour or so. So I'm really going to try to milk it. Uh, yes, he gets to this Borg cube. He transports on board and he starts to do some stuff. Meanwhile, Jordy shows Picard this genetic, genetic, inf- the, the genetic code that was left behind from his assimilation that they could never track this irumotic syndrome, which actually turns out to be Borg tech, Borg biological tech, dormant Borg biological tech. And uh, Picard was a receiver, Locutus. The, lo- the, the, the locutor, the speaker, was a receiver for the collective, for the queen. Meanwhile, Jack is a transmitter, like a little mini, like a little mini queen, I guess. Um, Right? Is that kind of the vibe? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, And the changelings wanted the code, and that's why they stole Picard's remains from the Daystrom station. And uh, they... They wanted to use that, but they have, but they're still at this point going through the information. They don't know how Jack is able to send signals to non-assimilated persons, which he's been doing on the ship with his eyes. Anyway, but also it's finally, 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 Frontier Day, which means uh, all of Starfleet is gathered around Earth with all the ships. And uh, this is when whatever the Changelings and Borg had planned would go off. And so Picard's like, we have to warn them. Uh, and... We flash to the soul system and the new Enterprise is launching and Admiral Shelby is celebrating 200 250 years since the Enterprise NX-01. Everybody go check out Enterprise launched and there's fireworks and stuff in space or whatever. Uh, Jack, meanwhile, on what I like to call the jacked up cube, because <laughs> his name is Jack and the cube is kind of jacked up. Uh he beams aboard. The Borg Queen welcomes him home. He's talking to her. He's got his phaser out. But when he finally confronts the Borg Queen, he is unable to shoot her. Shoot her! To reference uh, Jurassic Park and yet another uh, accent work from me. And uh, when he realizes he is unable to do that, to carry out his whole trade myself and then show her what's what, that's when the nanoprobes swing down on their tentacles towards him and they stab into him and his face goes blank. Meanwhile, the they're super happy over at uh, Frontier Day because they've got this brand new super cool thing they're doing because Starfleet never learns that computers are dangerous and you shouldn't give them complete control over everything. They have this thing called fleet formation, which allows the whole fleet to talk to itself and move as one, like a flock of gulls. And they enable fleet formation. So all the ships in the entire Star Trek and uh, Star Star Trek, in the entire Starfleet fleet are, are moving in like a cloud of locusts uh, all together and, and so on and so forth. And 
that is when the Titan arrives and they're sort of like, gosh, it's like this technology is so Borg-esque. It's like insane that they would even try to do that. Uh, uh, Crusher, Data, and Geordi are going through the information and they discover how the assimilation takes place. Now hold on to your butts, once again referencing Jurassic Park, because this is how it's done. They took the genetic code from Picard's remains, they found the the actual coding, turned it into literal code, used it as part of the transporter architecture, which uses like when it's reconstituting things. So it's not doing it from jump. It reconstitutes things using sort of a template like, you know, humans have two legs and two arms and they also have this weird Borg eremotic code stuff. So people as they've been transporting through the fleet. So the changelings inter, inter, infiltrate the fleet. They get this transporter, this Borg Oh, God. They get this dormant Borg biological code stuff into the transporter architecture. And so everyone who's transporting back and forth is becoming biologically assimilated. Uh, it's a pretty great little scheme. I I wish I thought of it myself. <laughs> uh, and so uh, they get there and Picard then tries to send uh, the immediately the Titan is being taken over by the fleet formation. Picard tries to send an emergency message that the Borg are coming, interrupting uh, Shelby's speech. And just as he's doing that, there's a massive energy spike. And guess what? The Borg, you know, assimilation program has gone off. But just as that's happening, Crusher, Data and Geordi realize, you know, you can't really implicate this code into like grown adults because their brains have finished forming. But anyone under the age of 25 whose frontal cortex has not yet fully been completed, is susceptible to this biological assimilation. And so, all the young people go Borg, including both of the LaForges, Alondra and Sydney. They take over the ship. It's a disaster. We see Admiral Shelby get basically straight up assassinated. We hear the order come down from the Borg collective, eliminate all unassimilated. And... Uh, a group that I now will be referring to as the Olds have to make a run for it. So they all leave the bridge uh, and they're fighting their way out the bridge. The Borg take over the Titan. Uh, one ship does manage to get recon uh, like recontrol its bridge, but it's still a subject to the fleet formation protocol. And so it is removed from the fleet outside of its own control, brought in front of the fleet and summarily destroyed. But how was that message got out? It was got out along a maintenance channel called 99 Delta, which uh, I guess the Borg weren't looking at. So anyway, Picard orders everyone to go to the maintenance sub-level because that's where there's no Borg, and maybe they can find a maintenance shuttle, and maybe they can get the heck out of there. Uh, so all the olds gather together there down in the maintenance ship, and then they're like, how are we going to get out of here? Jordy has an idea. He gets into the shuttle with Data, but that's when the young Borg start to attack again, and uh, the olds are using stun but the young borgs are not doing that uh and so they make a last stand so everyone can get on the ship but one person is critically injured in the in this attempt to get everyone onto the shuttle as Jordy and data are trying to hatch their plan and it is none other than the cantankerous curmudgeonly captain shaw who takes a critical hit seven of nine stays behind are you about to pew 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 Oh, you look like you were going to pew. He takes a critical pew, pew, pew. And, uh, uh, and sure, why not? <laughs> that's what happens. He takes one of those, falls to the ground. Seven of nine stays behind. She tells everyone else to go. But uh, everyone does go except Rafi, who's like a fat chance I'm going to leave you behind. Uh, they manage to 
finish off the Borg that are down there, and Captain Shaw, in his last breath, gives the con not to Commander Hansen, but to Seven of Nine. No! Seven of nine. Man, I gotta wake up earlier. I literally just crawled through this microphone. I wish I I couldn't sing along with myself just now. Um, yeah, so Seven of Nine now has the con of the Titan, even though technically the Borg children have the con of the Titan. Uh, and Shaw dies there. The shuttle flies off. Jordy and Data had their plan. They warp to, guess where? The Fleet Museum, because they need a ship, and they need a ship that can't be uh, corrupted by the Fleet uh, you know, the fleet formation thing. They need something that's non-networked, basically, an air-gapped ship. And uh, Jordy's like, well, I was going to say this is a surprise because I've been working on it for the last couple of years here while I've been, uh, you know, the Commodore or whatever he is of the Fleet Museum. And he opens up the, uh, the bay, and there inside is the Enterprise NC-1701-D. The one in the saucer session crashed into the planet and stuff. He's been putting it back together and it's going to work. Uh, and uh, so they all like, hey, you know, this is the ship. It's it's us, the olds, everyone. The only, the, oh no. they. What was brilliant about, like, I don't have to get right. Anyway, they fully made it so that basically, even though we love Seven of Nine and Rafi, they had to stay behind. So we truly get the original bridge crew TN, the next generation the last next generation if you will uh, returning to the bridge of uh, the 1701D which whoo what a feeling ooh it's crazy I know uh, yeah I got chills when the, when the psh, yeah when the turbo lift opens and they come out oh my god and everything turns on it was so beautiful and wonderful and it really you know it becomes like this weird poetic all the dialogue becomes very like what do you think captain do you think she'll make it oh yes she'll fly it's like a it's like robert frost wrote the last 10 minutes of this episode uh and so they're like well you know picard's like i, I can't ask you all to do all this crazy stuff but you know we i think we have to try and save the Federation from this Borg conspiracy and they all say what are you talking about man not only are we the crew of the USS Enterprise we're your family baby when you're here you're family and uh, uh, Riker says in fact Jean-Luc wherever you go we go and so they all take their stations uh, they plot a course for Earth maximum warp the course is laid in and gauge and here endeth the uh, episode nine of season three, the final season of Star Trek Picard, with everyone at their stations once again on the Enterprise. Let's chat about that. I say, darling, let's do a quick chat about that. Yes, yes, let's do. Well, well, what a penultimate episode! The gang are back together. The old set is back together. Oh, so you so you watched the after show. So this is the actual the old set. I did. No. Oh. Well, I mean, it's the old 
Enterprise D bridge was scrapped. Yes. So this was completely rebuilt from scratch. Completely, but upgraded, mm-hmm. you know, with new technology and all of that kind of stuff. Beautiful. Yeah, so it's not just plastic on plastic things with lights behind them. Yeah, yeah it's cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there, there is software in this, so, like, when you touch it, the colors change and stuff. Yes. So you have the original set designer who came back to redesign it, and, you know, and, yeah, like, the whole thing was was redone. And I think one thing that they talked about was, you know, the big kind of wooden arch that kind of goes from the bridge, like, round, and then you've got your consoles in there. I think that was one of the hardest things to build, I think, originally, and then again. And then to have the, you know, because it's also quite small, and then to have your electronics and stuff. Yeah. And can we just talk about how elegant that bridge is? My God. So beautiful. I mean, not only does it have this beautiful, elegant woodwork, (laughs) which is insane, but it's, and even Picard says, you know, now that we're all standing here, you know what I really missed? The carpet. Uh, Yes. And it's, yeah, it was, what a moment. Uh, What a moment. And yeah, God. All back together. It just gave me all the feels. I now understand why you said you forced uh, Katie to leave the room. <laughs> she was talking too much. Uh, yeah. like, well, out. I was like, I was watching the episode, like, where is Stevie going to freak out here? I was like, okay, Borg, that freaked me out. Okay, oh, Jack, uh, that freaked me out. Uh, assimilation is futile. That freaked me out. But then, man, going, and I sort of like, when they go to the Fleet Museum and he opens, I was like, this is going to be the fucking Enterprise. <laughs> Uh, anyway, it was that was great. Um, the thing I was going to say before was we now know the plot and everything, uh, presumably, but we still don't know who is a uh, weirdo flesh the hand guy. We do. We do. It's the Borg Queen. You think the Borg? the Borg Queen. The Borg Queen. I don't think. I know. Terry Metalis has confirmed oh, it is the Borg okay. Queen. It was just a weird. I guess we haven't seen the Borg Queen's face, but I was like, what a weird looking flesh hand. Please. And we haven't seen her face because she is quite banged up since the last time that she was seen in this timeline yeah. was when now Admiral Janeway gave her what for, you know, what for exactly. OK, so she- this is the board queen that Admiral Janeway gave the business to. It is. And this is you hear it. It's voiced by Alice. Yes. Creech. Yeah, yeah. Um. And I, because initially I was like, oh, maybe I thought it might have been Annie Schwering prior to her, you know, unfortunate passing. Um, but no, it's it's Alice Creech reprising her role from initially First Contact and then um, Voyager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Reprising this role. But you only hear her. Right. And we see the back of the Borg Queen. Yes. I don't know if we're going to, I assume we'll see her face and I assume there will be some sort of reveal about that. Wild. We shall see. They did a very good job of shifting the like the voice in Jack's head from like Beverly to uh, to the board queen because I mm. was like, are they just changing voices? I couldn't tell which you know board queen it was going to be. So uh, there you go. It's, it, I wasn't sure if it was going to be like Jurati, and then I had to remind myself that that was actually a different timeline. Yeah, and that Jurati is like doing some sort of battle in a to it's like has nominal membership or something it's kind of confusing how that Gerardi excuse me Borgati uh uh it's like a different anyway if this is the OG Borg Queen 
it's a totally different uh, Borg collective, essentially. Which is interesting yeah. because it means that all of Picard has been about the Borg. All, all three seasons, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. And in episode four, I think we were reminded, I think it was Captain Shaw who reminded us that the last time we saw the Borg was 10 years ago. Which reminded us that what we saw in season two, not the regular Borg, yes, different timeline. Exactly. Uh, and also... It fills in these plot holes mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that... We, the, you know, we're at the end of first contact, and how was Picard able to hear the Borg? Yes. When, you know, so now we've essentially fixed this plot hole that we yeah. had. And also, uh, you know, the beginning of season one was him being like, "Well, I'm dying because of these old Borg implants because of this aromatic syndrome business." Well, we didn't know the two things were conflated. And then now, so it's really a beautiful, anyway, watching the end. Overarching, yeah, beautiful, beautiful like, circle, really thought this through. Yes. Uh, watching the end of this episode, this is the first time I felt this way, because I was watching something, not because of something internally, made me want to go watch TNG, season one, episode one, all the way through to the end of Picard now. Like, all seven seasons, four movies, three seasons of Picard, Beautiful. It's like if they're wrapping this into a beautiful bow, it's like a beautiful epic story. It's like, uh, anyway, I'm very excited. I'm very excited about the end here. It's brilliant. And it's so well written. And, you know, how many shows get the opportunity to wrap things up in this way, you know? Ugh. All the original To go cast. back and, Ugh. yeah. War. Okay. So, uh, all right. So you that was my only question was about that. And, uh, well... Thank you very much for listening. You're back once again to Set Phaser's News Desk. We go immediately to the Easter egg desk with Stevie Man. Stevie, how are we today? Well, hi there, Aki. Hi there. It's good to be here. It's good to be here on the set of Picard Season 3, Episode 9, the penultimate episode of Star Trek Picard. Star Trek Picard. Star Trek Picard. Oh, I mean, I just feel like this this entire season has just been easter eggs so openly easter eggs mm -hmm. just everywhere so let's start with the crimson arboretum on raritan four yes. so mm -hmm. as jack and deanna try and get that red door open jack remembers visiting the crimson arboretum um now we actually saw raritan four at the beginning of season two if we recall. And it also, it appeared to be populated by Deltons. And the Raritan itself is actually a real city in New Jersey. Yes, I've driven through Raritan, New Jersey. I didn't know that, that they were the same thing. Yeah. Well, we assume. But um, the other sort of fun thing about it is that obviously Terramital has worked on 12 Monkeys. And uh, it was also the site of Project Splinter in 12 Monkeys, which was a time machine. And on top of that, the Crimson Arboretum um, itself is probably a reference to the Red Forest, which is a time-altering concept in 12 Monkeys. So we just, you know, like, we, we think that Terry Metalis has been having a few callbacks to 12 Monkeys, just, I think, for fun. Um, anyway, the Borg. Um, so many references to the Borg in this episode, obviously. And early in the episode, we hear um, dialogue from the TNG episode, The Best of Both Worlds, and also the revelations about Picard's ability to hear. We talked about this um, when Picard told Troy he could hear the Borg when they tried to attack Earth at the start of that movie. And so now, again, we've wrapped up this lovely little plot point. Um, 
And what I mentioned earlier about which Borg, um, I think, sorry, I apologize, it was Beverly who said no one had yes, seen or heard right. from the yeah, Borg yeah. in over a decade. So there we go. And But Shaw pointed out in episode four, um, the Jurati-led Borg were from an alternative timeline, which had nothing to do with Borg in the Prime Universe. And so now we know that, you know, the last time that we saw the Borg was in Voyager. Um, but it's so curious because over a decade means that the last time the regular Borg appeared would have been sometime before 2391, roughly around the time that the Borg cube known as the Artifact um, went offline before season one. And I've kind mm-hmm. of forgotten about like the Artifact. So like, you know, how prominently the Borg has yes, featured, yeah, yeah. as to your point, Aki, um, season one, two and three. Yeah. Which is quite fun. Um, so right, let's see. Uh, right. Jean-Luc t- tells Jack he came close to killing everyone he knew and everyone I loved referencing those events of the best of both worlds. He also references the Borg Queen saying that Jack can't know what she can make you do. So we don't know how Jack's going to be used. Um, yes. Foreshadowing the arrival of the Borg Queen as we see, played by Alice Kriege, which we love. Did you know she also played, I can't remember if we talked about this, but she also voiced the Borg Queen in Lower Decks season two? We did, know, yeah, we, well, did we? we didn't know how significant it was, but yes, I remember that she yes, did yes. That, yeah. Um, we will see her in the finale, um, and Terry Metalis confirms that it is Alice Kriege. And again, she's not going to look good because Janeway did a number on her. She sure did. Yes. Oh, one, one, I, there were lots and lots of Easter eggs, but, um, you know, sure, we, yeah. the whole season has been doing callbacks uh, to some of our favorite characters throughout the, the TNG era, uh, including none other than. Uh, Admiral Shelby, who was, I think, Lieutenant Commander Shelby at the time. Mm-hmm. If you remember yes. um, the best of both worlds, and she had quite a, an animosity between her and uh, Commander Riker. Yes. She was like, I want, basically, I want your job. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, what? Yeah. And she um, talked with uh, Jonathan Frakes and Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. In Will Wheaton. the ready room. And she talked about how... Um, she was like when she went to cons back in the day versus going to cons now and how, you know, she said the fans have kind of moved on because I think her their portrayal, sorry, their perception of her was as a bit of a bitch. Right. And now their perception of her is as a badass, right. mm-hmm. you know, so the way that she is as a female leader, um, the perception of her has changed over right. the years, which is really nice to hear. So, yes, anyway, um, the Enterprise D, obviously we get to see that. And so. The whole thing about the saucer section that now clarifies, mm-hmm. like, and what was quite fun about it because Geordi says, you know, thanks to the good old Prime Directive, the saucer section was retrieved from Viridian Three so as not to influence the system. Yes, exactly. So I love that there was a reason to retrieve right. the Prime. It made it's perfect sense, and of course Geordi's been working on it. He's the commodore of this station, and he's well, you know, I still like to roll up my sleeves and work on the old hoopty out in the garage the old enterprise gonna save her for a special occasion who knows what Mm -hmm. i mean fascinating but my favorite easter egg of the entire episode nay the entire season oh my yes uh is the voice of the computer as voiced by majel barrett please do not address this unit in that manner Uh, Gene Roddenberry's wife, who passed away some time ago. I think it was, I'm not actually sure what, I don't have the year written down, but um, this is the first time we've heard her voice in a new Star Trek show since 2009, Mm -hmm. when she was the voice of the computer in the first J.J. Adams reboot movie. Security authorization accepted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Star Trek. 
Star Trek. Star Trek. And I love, you know, the computer, or Majel Barrett, recognises Picard as captain and not admiral, Mm -hmm. um, which I love. So that was possibly my my most favourite Easter egg of the entire season, getting to hear Majel Barrett's voice again. Mm -hmm. I just love her as the computer. Everything about that, like I said, the last, like, eight minutes is just this magical... Beauty. Yeah, it's beauty incredible. on the every, screen. Every yeah. aspect from the, the look at the ship outside, inside to addressing the computer and it's and the computer voice. And, ugh, I do wonder. I don't know this, but I would love to know if the crew got to see the bridge before they acted on it. Oh, you know, I, wouldn't it be great if those were sort of their genuine reactions right. going onto the bridge? I don't. I, I don't know, but I thought that would be really cool if that's how they did it. Well, because it that's, looks, how, that's how it hit me. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. It's how it hit yeah. me. Um, but yes, anyway, uh, that is everything from me here on the Easter egg set of Star Trek Picard season three, episode nine, Fox. It is back to you in the studio, Aki. Thank you very much. And we go immediately to quotable moments. Quotable moments. Yeah, there's a couple very cute quotable moments. And then there's a couple dire Borg quotable. Well, excuse me. I burped in the middle of saying, but dire Borg quotable moments. Uh, listen, I loved, I loved Picard saying, "Oh yes, she'll fly." I don't know why. I want that on a T-shirt. Uh, no one will ever understand it. Um, one of my favorite moments was uh, as they're trying to get that shuttle out of the Titan. Uh, and Data's like, I don't know if this is going to work. And Jordy says, Data, could you try being a little more positive? And Data says, I hope we die quickly. Ugh, so good. Uh, do, you, uh, do you have anything you'd like to share? Um, I'm going to share one right now. And I think it Please. was uh, Troy. And she said, I've never been so happy to see so many wrinkles. Yes, that's when I decided I was going to call their group the Olds. It was great. They're all like, oh, oh, God. Thank God we're all old and not assimilatable. I made up a word. Um, Ooh, the the intense moment between Jack and Picard early on when Picard says Starfleet protocols dictate that we act in the interest of everyone else. And Jack says, and what about the protocols of a father? Or were you never issued those? Pew 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 pew. Pew 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 indeed. Pew pew pew. There we go. It's probably a bit uh, overkill, but. That was a lot. Um, yes. Uh, and of course, I will share the. Uh, uh, well, I also love uh, just a few little things that Troy says. Nothing is more elusive than a door the mind doesn't wish to open, which I, I think is a throwback line. And symbols have nothing but meaning, which I also would put on a T-shirt. And then I don't know if you wrote this down and I don't want to steal it from you, but obviously this little bored monologue when they take over everything. Feel free if you. No, no, it's all you. Okay. <clears throat> Deliver this with a plum. A message to those who resist. Your Amada has been added to our own. Your weak and willful will soon be eliminated. Your strongest have already been assimilated. We are Borg. Starfleet is now Borg. Gotta love that. Beautiful. And then they go, like, start flying towards the planet. Like, let's kill everybody. Um, yikes. 
but also wonderful. Uh, and then the last thing I have, which actually, I don't know if we're set up for this, but the final words of Captain Shaw. You have the con, Seven of Nine. Which makes me think perhaps it's time for a little faith of the heart. Captain Shaw, you were an asshat. None of us liked you. You talked with food in your mouth, and you were rude to Jean-Luc Picard and to William T. Riker. But when Jordy showed up on your ship, you were super cute, because as you are a self-described grease monkey from Chicago, you loved an engineer. And in the end, you understood that Commander Hansen was Commander Seven of Nine, and you died to get your people off the ship. And for that reason, you have faith of the heart. beautiful as you were uh <laughs> uh i will he, he was a great character i sort of was, was like yeah i was like he's gonna die he went on a journey but i sort of knew he was gonna die i was like because seven's got to take over the ship baby and you had to have someone who like you had like they had to earn it you know you had to like dislike them and then you're like oh kind of like you and he had some really yeah. good lines yeah yeah, yeah yeah he came around mm. um well, shall we move on to next time? I think we should. Next time on Set Phasers. <laughs> well, next time, our final next time for for Picard. Uh, we will watch the season finale, the series finale, and the TNG finale of uh, this story arc. Uh, so please do join us. Otherwise, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, please find us wherever you get your podcasts. We we have podcasts for Picard, Discovery, Lower Decks. We're getting it all in, baby. Strange new world. So find us wherever you get your podcasts and, and you can listen to us. Talk, talk about, get weepy about how wonderful Star Trek is. That's pretty much what we do here uh, at Set Phasers. But uh, don't forget, you can, of course, join us boldly going on patreon.com forward slash Set Phasers. What? What are you laughing at? It's like boldly going. <laughs> boldly going on Patreon. Yes, yeah. we do. Uh, patreon.com forward slash Set Phasers. Uh, yes, we're also on uh, the social medias. You can find us at Set Phasers Podcast. Uh, that's we do what we do where when we do dip. Right. Should we? Are you frozen? No. No, 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 no. I just felt awkward about how I ended oh. that sentence. I didn't freeze. Got it. Uh, well, that is wonderful. Uh, well, that is it from us. I am Stevie Mans. And I am right, true, purposeful, perfect. And this has been Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Computer. End program. Uh -huh.